Welcome to another episode of the Beyond the Dental Chair podcast, where we help you build a successful dental practice. My name is Jimmy Kim, and I'm accompanied by my co-host, Dr. Paul Body. Paul, what's going on? How you on? doing, Jimmy? Good, good. I can't believe it, man. It's like 2022 is flying by. I can't believe we're in like almost the final half of the year. It's it's mind-blowing. La- yeah. Yeah. Hey, have, you, have you had a great summer yourself? Yes, yes. It flew by, but... Uh, tell you it could certainly use some time off as i'm sure everyone could i mean covid seems like it's behind us but who knows um i heard there's another wave coming so we'll see how that happens but uh-huh. i mean i've been as busy as ever during this phase for the last three years so uh see what happens yeah well i mean i think with all you know i think everyone's kind of almost gotten used to you know living with covid and you know being mindful of what I think what what triggers them and what um, you know what safety measures and precautions that they're 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 willing to have for themselves. So you know 100%. you know you know everyone's kind of going about their lives, which is uh, you know I think amazing. I mean, you go there's a there's a festival actually happening here around me uh, just just across the street. They've closed down Bloor Street and uh, they are they're they're parting it up. You know and uh, haven't nice. seen that in in years. Long in years. time. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. You know, I think people people are people are are, are are wanting to to get out and make those make those connections now. So, uh, you know, it's, it's fantastic to see, and hopefully, hopefully, the wave doesn't uh, doesn't uh, last very long. Mm, exactly. Exactly. You know, I, this is where I feel like even even in my industry, in the fitness industry, in September, yeah. I find um, things generally start to pick things back up before before the holiday season. Would you say that's the same uh, in the dental industry? Yeah, especially towards, I would say, you know, the um, before school starts, you know, uh, families and everybody are trying to get their kids into the dentist, you know, for their school checkups and so mm-hmm. forth. So it tends to be a busy time. You know, a lot of people are also taking some time off, too. So uh, you're always trying to balance that. But yeah, practices are pretty busy. Um, September, actually picks up even more because if people are gone on vacation then it really really starts to go right you know and today's topic we're, we're talking about you know the the must-have uh, marketing tools that any dental practice should have you know and in this case I know you're you're all about hiring experts in in fields and there are dental marketing experts out there but uh, you know for for us and our audience that, that we're speaking to you know we some of the the must DIY stuff that you absolutely need to have uh, is is going to be our topic today. But you know, for for me, I like to kind of lay the land out and you know even even ask why do we even need you know some sort of marketing strategy? Well, I think like any business, you know, survival and income is based on exposure. Um, I think the marketing is more critical at the beginning of a practice, and, uh, and that's because. You know, you're just trying to get patients into the the practice. Then to retain them and to take great care of them will help continue to drive your practice. So at some point, the marketing will become, I think, less important. Um, It's going to be treatment of patients that will become more, uh, you know, the driver of your business. But in the beginning, you know, you have to have all kinds of things to let people know that you're there. Because otherwise, how will they discover who who you are and where you are and what you do and what you stand for and so forth? Mm Mm-hmm. Would you consider dental practices? Um, would you would you put them in, in in categorize them as as a brand? Like to go out and say, you know, you, we want to have a marketing campaign that's going to that's going to help generate brand awareness for dental practice. Would you say that's an accurate statement? I think um, 
anytime you have even a single practice, I think you're always building a brand, whether mm -hmm. you're a solo practitioner or a big dental service organization that has, you know, 100, 200 practices, you're always building a brand. And what does that brand stand for? Um, you know, what sort of experience do we want people to have with that brand? So I think, you know, in certain cases, you know, your branding may not be a big budget item per se, you know, you're not having everybody wear your, um, you know, your baseball hats and your, your water bottles everywhere, you know, trying to expand that brand. But I think, you know, there is a component of your business where you are sort of selling what your company stands for. And I think that brand awareness, that brand building has to be there for any business of any size. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I asked and asked that and, you know, put it, put it that way is I, I bet you a lot of dentists out there don't see themselves or even their business as a brand that they need to be aware of um, and to uh, have some sort of um, some sort of strategy over. They, my impression would, would be perhaps a lot of dentists think of themselves as I'm a healthcare practitioner. I'm here offering a service and, you know, I'm, I'm just I'm just I just want to help help people and all that other stuff sometimes gets gets lost in in that in that focus of I'm just going to drive this care but you know, as we talked about on the show it's you're, you're providing this care but it's also you're also running uh, you know an expensive business as well so having a having a proper brand identity whether yeah like as you mentioned a sole practitioner or whether you have a, a multi-practitioner practice uh, is is important to identify and, and to hone down yeah, absolutely. I I think maybe the word brand is so business oriented mm -hmm. that healthcare practitioners may not necessarily uh, that word doesn't resonate that well with them, but indirectly they are building a brand. And I think you know whether it's the uh, your staff wearing the same sort of uniform throughout. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're building a brand. You know, everybody's got their name. Everybody's got a logo of the office. You know, um, you're you're doing that indirectly. So maybe it's the word that might have negative connotations when you yeah. when you talk about it with healthcare, but it is happening. And whatever you call it, though, I think at some point, you know, you got to look at how patients perceive your business again from the moment they pick up the call, the phone, or discover your your office to how they get the experience within the office. I, I think you, you obviously need to look at all of that. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you, we, we touched on this already, but you know, we, uh, you know, the goals of having a good marketing campaign, you know, in the beginning, when you first open the practice, you want to generate, you want to generate some sort of uh, brand awareness to what you have. You want to target, uh, you want to talk, target future, future patients. Um, but also, what, what you touch on once once you are then established, one of the one of the biggest marketing tools you have is to take care of your your current patients that you have. Absolutely, uh, and again, the world population is increasing. There's more dentists. There's more competition that happens, especially in in urban centers. Um, so you know you might have to continue to create some sort of baseline marketing, but it's super critical in the beginning. I mean, like you said, these this is a, dentistry is not a cheap business to run. It's very, very expensive, high overheads, 
and um, you have to get that office going as quickly as possible. And so the marketing component is so critical in the beginning, and then it'll be driven by the, the, the care of the patients uh, down the road. So, you know, maybe you can cut budgets, maybe you can eliminate them altogether. It all depends on, on how busy it is. I know dentists that do zero marketing, and then I know other dentists that spend a lot of money on marketing. So it depends on where you're located, it depends on what's happening to your practice, it's depending on the competition around you, I mean, there's so many variables into where your office will fit in, but, mm. um, you know, I think it is important, especially critical in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Can, I, can I ask you about those uh, those practitioners? Have you noticed anything? Practices who spend a lot of money on, on their on their marketing practice to those that spend no money, do you, do you, have you seen a trend yourself? Yeah, it's, it, it's interesting um, because it goes down to you know how much money you want to generate how much revenue you want to generate you know uh, guys with solo practices who really really are patient focused um, and say look I'm happy with my practice my schedules full all the time and they just take such great care of their patients and you can see you know when I see patients from them their patients just talk so highly of them and so you know they're telling other people and literally some of these people guys and girls they just have no room to even add patients into their office Mm -hmm. and so you know whereas other people say no I want to turn this into a massive business I've got 10 associates and you know I got to keep all 10 of them busy Mm -hmm. so part of it is is what your goals and expectations are and what you want from your business. Um, you know, some people don't want associates, other ones want associates, other ones want big practices, some people want small practices. So it's the type of practice what you're looking for, which will partly determine how much you're going to spend on marketing too. Mm-hmm. Would you say that what, from what you've seen amongst your, amongst your peers, have you seen a good, uh, good ROI on anybody who may use, you know, we're going to talk about some of these topics today, but, um, who 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 spend money on marketing, whether it's through ads or whether it's through social media, whether it's through perhaps even a, a marketing, a dental marketing company. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. Uh, I don't know. I'm dating myself again, but you know, the yellow pages uh, was like a book. You know, that got sent around annually to pra- homes, and uh, you know, dentists used to always put their ad in there. And you know, could you quantify how many patients came in? Well, you'd have to track it. Now it's more digital. You know, Google AdWords, uh, Facebook ads, you know, Instagram ads, uh, all kinds of things. Um, but so, uh, how effective are they? Some things. I think people who don't know how to set up a marketing sort of program probably could really benefit from consultants to kind of help them develop one. Um, there's other people who kind of it comes to them naturally and they develop it themselves no matter which you choose I think the biggest thing about marketing is is you got to see how effective they are the data the business intelligence of what's working what's not so you can divert whatever resources whether it's small or big into that side of it you can determine uh, where to most cost effectively spend that money and what is it yielding? What's the ROI on this? And um, I think no matter whether you get consultants, don't do consultants, you know, use single channel, multi-channel marketing, um, what's the effectiveness of each one of those is probably the most critical thing. 
Mm-hmm. And probably this is a great a great time to kind of slide into our slide into our topic here today. You know, being providing at least the what I think what we think is like the most essential parts uh, of of any of any dental marketing um, uh, in, in any dental marketing practice that that they should have. Uh, number one being, I think in this day and age, at least having a website now is is a must, right? But I want to maybe take it one step further. What do you think about dental practices having their own apps? Uh, you know, in that that they're branded with their with their logo, with their with their company, and is, don't you find like, I don't know how how often are you on websites now? We direct a lot of our patients to to our website, and mm. it's because we want them to try to fill in as much information before they come to us. It it makes a better experience for the patient. It saves a ton of time for the office staff to say, you know, can you please fill out these forms? So websites get used quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of making an app, uh, you know, obviously you wouldn't have a dedicated app because how many people are going to go to the Apple Store and download your practices mm-hmm. uh, app itself? But I think the website is really critical. Like we don't just use our website for, hey, learn about us. Our instructions are there. You know, post-operative, pre-operative instructions. Um, you want to learn about the doctors. You can. Um, our health history forms are are on there. So you know, we're using it as a functional tool mm-hmm. rather than just an informational website. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's that's what a what a great tip that is to have, right? You you can have you know a basic site up that says like, all right, this is what we, who we are. Contact us, um, so on and so forth. But you've taken your sites to the next level and, and using it as a way to collect information, to provide information, to provide the next steps. Um, can you book online as well? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Do do all those things. And those are all, all things that, that are, are done and that can be automated. You know, the reason why I, I bring up the topic of, of apps, you know, even in the fitness industry, you know, a, a personal trainer can now have his own app where you do all those things that, that you just mentioned, you know, collect, collect data, uh, collect contact contact information, book book your sessions there. Even it'll even show you, you know, if you've assigned exercises and things like that for for them for them to go and do it. So I was just curious to know whether, you know, whether maybe perhaps you see you see dental practices moving away from you know websites and now having their own their own app where you can do do all those things. Yeah, a multi-purpose app definitely makes sense. Um, you know, and I talked about analytics earlier. You know, people who are coming to your website to book an appointment where it has that sort of built in, it's such a great way to get analytics. You know, did they come from Google AdWords? Did they come from a search result? Did they come from the Facebook ad or the Instagram ad? You know, so I think the website is so valuable, but you can't use it as just an informational site. Like you said, there's so much you can do with it now. And I think offices that utilize that technology um, save themselves a ton of time and headache, but what a convenience for the patients, right? Like to have all the health history forms when they can do it at the convenience of their home, uh, you know, when they have some downtime as opposed to, you know, trying to bring in all of this pieces of information with you to the appointment and then quickly trying to you know fill all of this information out and uh, you know now with COVID who wants to share pens and, mm-hmm. and clipboards and all kinds of other stuff it just doesn't make any sense so you know the website is a very very valuable tool 
not only to, again, provide information, but it's a functional tool. And it also is a data gathering tool um, as well. You know, where mm -hmm. are patients coming from? So there's so many, so many uses of, of a website app you know, for, for dental practice. Talk, you just, you just mentioned this here, uh, about, about information and where, where it's coming from. The, the next one is about, about, you know, your, your reviews, your, your testimonials, um, and where, where they're, you know, where they're stored or where they're, where they're shown. For example, you talked about the yellow pages and we're talking about, you know, websites where, where, where you're directing people to, or where your customers are coming from. That's probably, probably the best place to have, um, your your review setup. So, for example, if you're if you're highly advertising on Yelp, that's probably where you want to make sure that your reviews are nice and uh, nice and tight there, and you have uh, all the information. Or if you're sending people to your website and they, it you know mostly comes up on Google now. I think most most people use Google now, right? So there's yeah. the Google, Google review ads, or where they're using Facebook. Facebook has their own own rating system. Increasing the reviews, or at least ha making sure that you have uh, that you have some reviews, as as you know, even I don't think anybody goes anywhere without without checking some sort of review now. Yeah, I think it's become sort of norm, you know, to say, oh, let me learn about this place before I decide to go there. Or same with food, you know, I don't want to eat at this restaurant until I mm -hmm. look at some of the reviews. I don't want right. to use, you know, this this uh, repair service until I see how well they've done with other customers. So I think reviews are a great way to get information. Now, in certain jurisdictions, obviously, you're not allowed to ask patient for reviews in certain jurisdictions. You are across North America. Um, but I think, you know, representing your office online uh, and how you do that is a very critical part of how you market yourself. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, if you provide great service, I think, uh, you know, other people should know about that. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think Google AdWords, and especially because Google is a little bit more stringent than some of the other sort of review programs. And we had somebody earlier, you know, in one of our podcasts talking about reviews, and, mm -hmm. and they're, they're actually a review company. Um, but basically, I think this is this has to be part of your marketing initiative. And um, because this is how so much of the population gets their information now is online, through reviews, um, through um, learning about the office and, and where you put those reviews. Again, I, I think nothing is better than Google mm -hmm. these days for right now. Yeah. And the episode that you're referring to was uh, back in August 31st, 2021, how to ask and get more Google reviews for your dental practice. And we had uh, Daniel Lanieri from Swell. Mm -hmm. He was right. there. So we'll make sure we put that in the in the show notes. So yeah, that yeah. I miss Danny. We got to talk to him again. One of these days. <laughs> I, I want I want to ask you, Paul, uh, you, you said if you've done good work, you know, people people should know about it. Right. People should 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 know. But also the opposite. If you know, for example, a customer has a bad experience. I, you know, that's, that that's where you'll find the other end of the spectrum of where when they'll put the, put the review. What are your thoughts on um, responding to reviews? Would you? One hundred percent. I think you have to respond positive and negative. It's good or bad. I think you have to interact with the customer because, again, you're not just responding just to the customer themselves mm -hmm. you're also letting everyone else know who sees that review you know what information is needed to make a decision whether they're going to come see you or not you know mm -hmm. if you're responding to it it means that you're actually listening to your patients and and you're addressing 
concerns, if there are any, or you're addressing, um, you know, positive feedback as well. But either way, you're listening, good or bad, to mm -hmm. your patients. And I think that's a very, very important role of, of uh, to play when you talk about reviews. Hmm. Okay. Uh, aside from reviews, um, and, you know, maybe perhaps this is when you're maybe first opening uh, your dental practice, or maybe this is a seasonal thing that you do for your dental practice. What are your thoughts on special offers or discounted uh, discounted services uh, for, you know, a short period of time? It's, it's interesting in my experience, you know, um, some dental practices offer discounts, some don't. Um, I always look at it as healthcare, you know, it's hard to discount healthcare. Um, but, you know, when you have competition, I understand why people do it too, right? Like you're, you're competing for the same um, patient. So it's discounts happen. Um, it's more and more common in areas where there's a tremendous amount of competition. Um, is it a way to get people through the door? Sure, absolutely. I think at the same time, you never want to do it in a way that devalues you as a, as a healthcare practitioner as well. We provide a service that is for your body, really, not just your mouth, but uh, the rest of your body. The oral health is health is really connected to your systemic health, and um, so I think if it's there's competition, I have no qualms. You're going to offer discounts and to how to drive customers. Mm -hmm. At the same time, there's other people that are against it and I see their side of it as well. And if you're practicing in rural Oklahoma somewhere, you know, you may be the only dentist in town. There's there's no point offering discounts, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. um, or if it's seasonal, you know, you're at a slow time and you want people to come through the door or maybe there's a special promotion that's happening from a manufacturer that you want customers to be aware of or patients to be aware of. There might be instances where that becomes really, really relevant. So, um, and again, I think it's all up to the practitioner and a lot of it is dictated on where you are, uh, what your goals and expectations are, how much you want to grow the practice, you know, how many associates do you have, how much free time is there. Um, so a lot of these things will, will dictate uh, whether you offer discounts or not. Like I know practitioners that offer nothing and other practitioners that offer a lot. Yeah. You know, same with, you know, within the fitness, fitness industry, it's, you know, you're going to, you're going to find trainers who will do it for, you know, X amount of dollars, and then you'll yep. find uh, trainers who will do it for X, X amount of dollars. Right. And yep. it's, uh, when you, when you start going in, you know, almost kind of like, um, just bargain shopping for, before it, it, it really does devalue, you know, the service, especially if you feel like you do something amazing right that you, you feel like you you do good work you're help you're helping somebody um helping somebody through something so um i i would i would actually lean towards leans towards um also not not having specials but um my my market also very very competitive and you see you see your competitors there you're like oh no you know seven day free trial or yeah. uh, you know one month free and you know that that's a you know, having something for like a week or one month free, that, that's, that's huge. That's huge. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. And again, so much of it will be dictated on your environment, you know, where you are, urban versus rural, uh, number of practitioners you're competing with, you know, how strong is the patient population? You know, so it's, it's just so many variables. It's, it's hard to have a right answer. The, the last one I want to talk about and probably the, the most important, and this doesn't cost, doesn't cost you a thing, which is to, Build that trust 
with your patients. And this is something that you are passionate about, uh, that you've spoken uh, spoken about many times. It's probably the the most important marketing tool out of all the tools that we, we've talked about, actually doing a good job. Yeah, absolutely. I think that is the single most critical thing to, to do because that will, A, not only build a great relationship with the existing patient, but they're going to go back and talk to their friends and relatives. I mean, I've referred you to my dentist because I think he's you know such a great mm-hmm. guy. So, I mean, that's what happens. And uh, that's not by accident. I mean, if he wasn't a great guy, I wouldn't say, hey, Jimmy, you're a friend of mine. Why don't you, <laughs> you know, uh, go, go to this guy. He's not so good, but go to him anyways. No. So, uh, you know, you're going to you're going to go to somewhere where I trust, where I know that you're, you're going to be taken care of uh, really, really well. And so I think the um, taking care of patients is the single greatest way, the single greatest marketing tool a healthcare practitioner can ever, ever have. Mm-hmm. It's it's how well and how highly your patients speak of you. And um, and then the rest will all follow suit. All right. So you have it here from, from Paul Body. So everybody, if you enjoyed today's episode, please make sure you go hit that subscribe button. And of course, you can leave us a review or leave us a comment on Apple Podcasts or and, and on Spotify as well. So until next time, Paul, looking forward to getting, get, getting in touch and uh, talking more about dental practices and going beyond the dental practice. Jimmy, always a pleasure, my friend. The Beyond the Dental Chair podcast is brought to you by Sowingo. Swingo is a cloud-based e-commerce and dental inventory management solution that enables you to efficiently purchase dental supplies, track all inventory, and monitor supply levels. For more information about how you can partner with Swingo, please visit swingo.com. That's S-O-W-I-N-G-O.com.